2: What's good, everybody? Welcome in to The Early Edge. I am the coach, and this is our weekly NFL mega preview. It's hard to believe, but week nine has arrived. We call it the most important hour of the week because we break down every single game. This week, there's 13 games. Six teams are on buys. The Browns, the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Steelers, the 49ers, and the Giants all will not play this week. Now, if you have notifications turned on on your phone, then they've just been going ding, 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 ding today with all the different trades in the NFL. It's been amazing. So we've got a lot to talk about and a lot of games to break down. This episode, as always, brought to you by our good friends at Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Let's bring in the stars of the show, the two of the greatest NFL minds in America today, and we have them here at the Early Edge and Sportsline. He is a stoic one. He runs things at Sportsline for the NFL. RJ White, good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. A uh, pretty incredible day in terms of trade deadline, trying to follow it, manage the fantasy content on the <laughs> fantasy side and deal with that. So, yeah, it's uh, not used to what we're seeing in the NFL. Typically, this you know, a few moves get done and then and then, you know, thing, things kind of cool down at the deadline. But but this that's not this year. Apparently,
2: it feels like the baseball trade deadline is what it feels like. A lot of players moving and a lot of players moving in the division, which is a little bit unusual. He is the maestro. Larry Hartstein. Good afternoon, sir.
1: Yeah. TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Uh, what about Naheem Hines? I mean, RJ, I know you were talking about why would the Bills go out and get him uh, when they already have three running backs?
0: Well, I, I no, i like the move. I like the Hines move. The point of the point of my tweets and, and what I was saying is that you paid basically nothing to get Naheem Hines who's one of the best pass catching backs in the league. Why did you pay a second round pick on a pass catching back? In the draft, you you're a win now team. You should be trying to use those assets to win now, you know, and go for the Super Bowl. And now James Cook is not going to help you win a Super Bowl because you went and replaced him with a better back from next to nothing. So I like adding Hines, great player. I actually like James Cook. I think he's a good player, but it just was not the right move for a team that's in win now mode.
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now before we get to all the thirteen games, I'm interested to know from each one of you kind of an overview of what you made of the trade deadline, but also the one move that maybe surprised you, or you thought that was the best move. RJ, let me
0: start with you. The dolphins are going for it, man. They, they went and got Bradley Chubb, that one of the best pass rushers that that are out there, you know, in the market. I think people expected that he wasn't going to get moved because his asking price was so high. The dolphins are like, we want to go meet it. We don't care if the super bowl favorites in our division, we think we can win. So they make that move. They include chase Edmonds in the deal. And I say, Hmm. You know, you can't go go forward with uh, you know uh, Gaskins and Ahmed behind um, Mostert because Mostert's been injury prone. They should go out and look for a running back. Some people are like Kareem Hunt and said, No, no, no. This is a San Francisco you know legacy. There, go get Jeff Wilson since he's been replaced in San Francisco. Sure enough, half an hour later, they announced they got Jeff Wilson. So Miami's really pushing their chips into the table here. It looks like even though they they're in a division that nobody expects them to win at this point. Yeah,
2: well, they certainly are becoming a crowd favorite, a betting favorite. So many props that were cashing with the Waddle and Tyreek Hill, and now two is proving proving that he is a legit top flight NFL quarterback. Maestro, what did you make of the trade deadline today? And what surprised you or did you think was the best move?
1: Well, one of the earlier moves, getting TJ Hawkinson for the Vikings with Irv Smith out multiple weeks with the high ankle sprain. I mean, TJ Hawkinson, when you put him with Thielen and K.J. Asborn and oh, yeah, Justin Jefferson. Uh, this offense just put up 34 against Arizona. They still remain a little bit under the radar because their defense isn't that great. But Kevin O'Connell, I mean, Kirk Cousins has all the weapons he needs. This is a very explosive team, would not be shocked, you know, to see them in the NFC championship game, although most people probably at this point think it's what Eagles versus 49ers or uh, I wonder what RJ would say, what he thinks that matchup will be right now.
0: What do you think it is, RJ? In the NFC, um, it's got to be Eagles. I mean, I wouldn't rule out Cowboys. With Dak, Dak playing well, um, I think they could win some games on the road with that defense. Um, and an and Eagles-Cowboys-NFC championship game would be fascinating if we get it.
2: Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be? All of a sudden, the NFC getting a little bit better. Cowboys, 49ers looked great. Vikings. So now it's not just the AFC anymore. Shaping up to be a fun second half of the season. That's kind of where we are now. With their 17 weeks instead of 16, this is week nine. So let's get right into it. And let's start with the Thursday night game, guys. Because it's rare that you have the World Series matchup and the Thursday night football matchup. Same two cities. Isn't that cool? Eagles going on the road to play in Houston. They're laying 13, which is a robust, robust spread, uh, especially on the road. The total sitting at 44, Larry. But you like a side in this game. Who is it?
1: I really do. And this is up to 14 at Caesars. Guys, I got to shock you with this one. Uh, do you know what the Texans did last week against the Titans? They got 28 yards on their first drive and entered in, in an interception. The next 10 drives, they mustered 23 total yards. That's not oh. a that's not a mistake. They had drives that were minus 13, minus 12. They literally had almost no yardage until the last drive when basically the Titans just said complete 10-yard passes. We don't care. Uh that's how bad the Texans are. You know, Brandon Cooks didn't get traded. Uh be interesting to see if he has a roll Thursday night. He wasn't even at practice. They told him not to not to practice today. The number two wideout, Nico Collins, who has been excellent. He is not going to play again with the groin injury. I mean, they got run all over by the Titans when they knew the Titans had to run the ball. And now the Eagles come in. It's a homecoming for Jalen Hurts. I couldn't love Philly anymore. Of course, I don't want to lay two touchdowns. Uh, That's why I hopped on it at 13. I was pretty sure it was going to move. And it has... um, But there's no way that they're just going to, you know, do a a sleepy 20 to 10 win. This Eagles team wants to put on a show, especially for Jalen Hurts.
2: Oh, they are motivated. They are playing on all three phases of the game. And I think when you have a team like this that you want to show out, especially when you get a Thursday night game, a Sunday night game or a Monday night game. So, RJ, with all that being said. Dan Arlovsky, who I respect a ton at ESPN, said Jalen Hurts is the best decision maker right now in the entire NFL. Is he the reason that the Eagles are the last undefeated team and they also have a tendency to cover
0: the spread as well? I think you have to give him a lot of credit. I mean, people were down on him. He was a second-round pick. They didn't think that he was a franchise quarterback. A lot of people were calling for Gardner Minshew last year, if you can believe that, and now looking at how Hertz has played. Really liked his intangibles coming out. I didn't think that he was the best passer in, in the class by any means, but he certainly is a leader, and he's always been a leader where, in his stop, so you can really feel like he took, took uh, control of that team this year, this offseason, and it's kind of in his image now, and they're they're undefeated, so a lot of credit to him. I mean, this, this number now, look ahead was minus nine, I, I, you should be looking to fade such a huge move. I know Eagles seem like the easy pick here. Houston might be legit USFL level bad. They had when you're talking about before that break where they got garbage time, they had 1.7 yards per play, and I was doing lookups on how often a team get, doesn't get to two yards per play. Actually happened twice last year, if you can believe that. Um, but but they didn't end up that low. But the sliver of light here for for the Texans is that Phillies D is 29th in yards per play against the run. Maybe Damian Pearson come out, have a good game, and um, you know they can shorten the game there. Philly also likely down their best run defender. Jordan Davis had to be helped off um, last last game. So um, I know he, Philly can come out and run the ball. Maybe they do that. Maybe they don't try to light up the scoreboard, throw it a ton, not risk getting in, you know injuries with that passing attack and, and their quarterback. Um, I think they could definitely cover the number if they want. If they do make want to make a statement and do this for Hurts, sure, they can go out and cover the number. But if the focus is just on getting a win on the road and not running up the score, it's going to be tough to cover 14. So um, I, my lean would be to Houston, but, but I don't want to play them – Considering how they look last week,
2: RJ Reed in the chat has a very important question. He says, Which version of the USFL are you talking
0: about? <laughs> it's got to be the one we just watched. It's but just to be, be clear,
1: one. RJ, you would not take uh, Houston at anything less than 14, correct?
0: I mean, I'm not, this week, I'm not taking Houston at all after liking them last week and being on them in, in the contest and stuff, thinking that, oh, we're getting the Malik Willis game. Surely they, they're just going to put 10 guys in the box. And, and every single play, they just were escorting Derrick Henry to the first down marker for some reason. So <laughs> just, I can't play him at all.
2: <laughs> Sometimes certain teams are just strictly off the board. And the Texans, you have arrived. You have arrived. All right, there are eight games at one o'clock on Sunday afternoon. The first one, is one team coming off of by the Chargers. They're going to lay three on the road in Atlanta. Now, until two weeks ago, guys, Atlanta was perfect against the spread. Then they didn't cover, but last week they won kind of a miracle fashion because D.J. Moore poured his helmet off. It wasn't supposed to be a penalty, but it was. They missed the extra point. And then the Falcons, they scored 37 to win in overtime. Total sitting at 49. R.J., your thoughts?
0: Yeah, Atlanta's actually a P.J. Walker miracle bomb away from being 7-1 against the spread. They, they should have covered that game if not for that that play. Well, I don't know what the defense was there. Um, the good thing for Atlanta is they might be getting healthier on the back end. It, Terrell might be back. Hawkins that safety might be back. Um, that, I don't think that matters because this defense is not very good, um, and they don't get sacks. I think the Chargers often should have a field day with with this bad defense. The Chargers defense, 30-second in rest yards per play. Defending the run continues to be an issue for them. And we know that plays right now Atlanta's strength on offense. All they want to do is run the ball. Um, both these, these teams have had half of their games, over half of their games get into the fifties offenses have the advantage in the matchup. When you look at run versus pass, um, I liked it at 48 and a half, got it done on the site at 48 and a half. It's up to 49. I'm still leaning that way. I don't see how this doesn't get into the fifties.
2: No, I completely agree with you. The Falcons are just letting everybody score in the chargers against bad defenses. They're running it up. Now, my show, the chargers find themselves one game back of the five and two, Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC West they cannot afford to drop one this week in Atlanta do you agree with the minus three number right now
1: yeah I mean if I played it I would play the Chargers coming off the bye but you have to wait for AJ Terrell Jalen Hawkins and Cordarrelle Patterson is now eligible to come back. He posted some videos of him working out and, and RJ talked about that run game. I mean, if they get him back, you know, they're likely to run for one hundred and fifty to 200 there, but I mean, the chart, we just saw PJ Walker put up 34 points uh, in, against the Falcons and now Justin Herbert with the rest uh, coming in, but I don't believe they will have Mike Williams for this game.
2: Okay. Nicholas in the chat says, 49 and a half right now. I'm buying the half a point. Nicholas, I know some of our cappers don't like it. I do buy half points all the time, especially when you're buying an over and you can take it down a half a point or even a point. We saw last night, for instance, it was 45, an extra point caused it to push instead of go to the over. That's how close sometimes these lines can be. Game number two at 1 o'clock, gentlemen, on Sunday. Panthers. We just talked about it. They've been much better the last two weeks, beating the Bucs 21 to 3, and then nearly pulling off the Miracle, still scoring 34 to cover the spread against Atlanta. They're traveling to Cincinnati. A Bengals team that looked not good last night without Jamar Chase. He is a team changer in so many different ways. So how do you lay eight against this Panthers team? Total city at 43 and a half. Larry, I'll start with you. How is this number so
1: big? Well, everyone agrees with you. It's come down uh, to seven based off of that horrible performance and also based on the Bengals losing their shutdown corner. A woozy, a terrible break for them last night. Uh, That said, as much as I love P.J. Walker, as much as I love the grit the Panthers have showed the past couple of weeks, uh, it'd be hard for me to take them. There's a great bounce back spot for the Bengals. And we saw the Falcons, you know, do whatever they wanted offensively, especially The passing game, guys were wide open whenever Mariota wanted to throw it. Uh, You know, they're better at defending the run. They're not good in the secondary, the Panthers. They don't get a lot of pressure. Uh, So, uh, to me, Bengals are pass.
2: What about the total here, RJ, at 43-and-a-half?
0: Imagine hearing as much as I love PJ Walker two weeks ago and then thinking that <laughs> that was going to be a legit thing that an NFL analyst said, but he's been playing well. Um, the total, I mean, the way the Panthers have been playing their offense, it looks like it might be be decent. So you will look to the over. The look ahead on the spread was nine and a half. It dropped to eight with Carolina's offense looking good again, and people are starting to buy into that offense. Um, so, you know, I don't think anybody believes the defense is, is, is amazing considering what they did against Atlanta. Um, so then it drops to seven again with the Cincy looking ugly, like you said about the chase injury. The Carolina defense is 30th in sack rate and just got lit up by a quarterback who doesn't want to pass. Um, so I think when you're looking to play the Bengals, you want to play these teams that don't get a lot of sacks because Joe Burrow can be more comfortable and get time to throw, and then he can put up plenty of points even if Chase isn't in there. You know, Boyd, Boyd and Higgins, and then you throw in hers. That's a pretty good group of receivers even if you don't have Chase. It's also a bad spot for Carolina coming off that overtime game. They have a Thursday night football rematch next week against Atlanta. So so they're going to have to get ready for that, too. Um, so I think P.J. Walker and the Carolina offense takes a step back in this game. Cincinnati rolls. I don't know that I play the total, but my lean, especially if it gets under seven, is going to beat to Cincy.
2: Okay. This one has already moved quite a bit just overnight. So uh, the whole reason we do this show on Tuesdays is to try and beat whatever numbers that we think we can beat. And this is a perfect example of that. The Eagles, a perfect example of that. Game number three, and R.J., I'm coming right back to you, and I know, Larry, you have a pick in this one as well. We've talked about the Vikings. They have only lost once. They have been the class of the NFC North. It's hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are so many games back and almost out of the playoff race already. Before we get to week 11 or 12 or 13, they could be done. It's possible. So three and a half is where we started. 43 and a half is the total. R.J., Uh, The commanders have also played good the last two weeks. Is that a mirage?
0: Yeah, it looks like played good. they have a three-game winning streak. But what if you know, they were they were yards away from using the Sam Ellinger? I mean, what if they lose to Sam Ellinger in his first start? We would say, oh, okay, the Washington's been exposed now. This number would be higher, I would think. It'd be four, four and a half probably. Minnesota's defense getting destroyed by the pass, even though they're not putting up, allowing a ton of points. But Washington is not really a great passing offense with Heineke, so I'm not that worried about that. The market thought Minnesota was overrated last week. The look ahead was six. It crashed down. People, people were going all, all in on air. Arizona ended up at three and a half. I think the market kind of sniffed out that the Vikings aren't as good as their record, but Washington has little home field advantage. Um, So I don't know that I'm looking to play them here, even though it looks like they're a solid team on this winning streak, kind of want to fade both these teams right now. But uh, I think Minnesota is, is probably a little bit better than this number is giving them credit for. So I would lean that way.
2: And I think Larry kind of feels the same way for the total game, but to start the game,
1: Larry, you think the Vikings will come out ready? i love this play i really love this play vikings in the first quarter on the money line minus 140 you can play a minus a half a point uh, for much better odds in that case you would lose on a tie this one we're just going to push if the game is tied but i don't expect it to be tied they are very good with their script with their opening script that kevin o'connell has The Washington commanders are horrific in the first quarter, 1.6 points per first quarter. That's like bottom three in the league. They have not scored a touchdown in the first quarter since week one. And if you look at this three game winning streak, talking about the Bears, Packers, Colts, they get down and then there's some Heineken magic or whatever happens in the second half and they pull it out. But this is a very slow starting team and they're. Scripted plays are not any good either. So I just love this first quarter.
2: Hutan says, What about the Eagles first quarter at six and a half minus one twenty-five?
1: I like that, but I would rather play the second rather play the first half because if you and A B had the stat in the chat about the mm-hmm. second quarter, the second quarter points are, are insane. They've covered every first half this season. I would lay eight in the first half or whatever it is. I know it's more than a touchdown uh for the first half, but that's another way to play. That's another
2: way to play it. A, it makes a lot of sense. By the way, did you guys see uh, Taylor Heineke? If he plays over 60% of the snaps, he gets $125,000 bonus. And every week that they win, he's buying a new pair of Jordans, basically <laughs> in the um, the team collars that they just beat. I mm-hmm. thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was pretty cool. So he's going to have a new pair of Jordans, and th- these are going to be blue and white because
1: they just beat the Colts. So He's probably, he's probably not going to have a purple pair it's
0: <laughs> It's his version of like you know going on and, and traveling and going to see different cities and buying you know a little memento everywhere you go that's his, yeah. his version of that
2: yeah I love that I think it's really really cool I'm a big Taylor Heineke fan and I do not see a scenario if this continues that Carson Wentz sees the field again unless Heineke gets injured and hopefully he will not all right now the next game and this one is very very interesting guys because you have what are quickly becoming the darlings of the NFL. And, Larry, I'm going to start with you. They're laying four and a half in Chicago, a Bears team that scored a lot of points, 29 in Dallas, but made a lot of dumb mistakes. Justin Fields apparently didn't know you had to touch a player before they're actually down, and then went back for a touchdown. Come on, Justin Fields, you're better than that. But the offense has woken up. So what I'm staring at, Larry, is the total 44 Last week, 58 in the Dolphins-Lions. I think this one sails to the over again. Your thoughts?
1: There are some serious weather concerns for this game. This is one that, yeah, if this was inside, this total would be, what, you know, 47 maybe. I mean, the Dolphins are are, a machine, and and their defense has not been good, even though they just added Chubb. And the Bears' offense the last couple of weeks has really stepped it up. And, uh, they, you know, you got to respect the fact they put 29 up against the Cowboys. So if the weather looks decent, Coach, and the wind is not 25 miles an hour, which, you know, 20 or above is going to affect passing significantly. Yeah, I'd agree with you and look at the over. But right now, a little early uh, on the weather.
2: Okay, very good. RJ, the Bears, it almost seems like they have drop-kicked the rest of the season, getting rid of their, arguably, their two best defensive players. And now they've got to face Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Tua, who's dialed in. He set some NFL mark. I didn't write down the whole thing, but basically Over 300 yards, over 350, over three touchdowns, and completing 80% of his passes in that game. He is as dialed in as any quarterback in the league right now. What are your thoughts on this game? It's going to be very, very fascinating.
0: Yeah, if that, but if that win it comes in, like Larry was talking about, it's a windy day in Chicago, that affects Tua. Um, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He makes a lot of great decisions, but but if the wind's playing around with his ball, that could uh, you know put the Bears, uh, give them a better chance to cover this game. And I think if, you're, if it is a windy day and the run games are featured, that also favors the Bears, even though the Dolphins went out and got Jeff Wilson. Um, I think that the Bears obviously want to make this a run game. Um, so the power ratings say this line is too light. Um, So I should be leaning to the Dolphins here, but that weather concern makes me want to like the Bears. It's Miami, also Miami's second straight on the road. Look ahead was Miami minus three and a half. Um, they barely covered at Detroit with that number, and now they're saying they're a much better team now, which is fair because they bring in a lot of talented players like Chubb, but who knows how much he's involved in that first week, you know, because he's just jumping in midweek and preparing there. Chicago's offense really coming alive, four touchdowns and 5.2 yards per play against Dallas defense is impressive, even if they lost that game pretty handily because their defense couldn't stop anyone. Um, their defense pretty is, is bad. They lost good players too. so Probably not bad as Detroit, even after the trades, um, and, and Detroit was able to keep that game close. And and be effective on offense. So I think this could be a pretty close game. The line's going to inflate because people are going to want to be on the Dolphins after those trades. But I'm probably looking to either play the Bears or stay away.
2: Okay, that's fair enough. Fair enough. But I, I tell you, I tell you, I lost a showdown to see you because I didn't believe in Justin Fields. He, it feels like to me, he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Uh, Nicholas in the chat, thank you. Weather says up to 15 miles per hour now, but early as Larry said. All right, we will, of course, break down this game extensively at noon Eastern time on Sunday on Early Edge Live, counting down to all the 1 o'clock games and 4 o'clock games. We'll have the very latest information on Sunday. All right, this next game. Now, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Mikey had several uh, entrants in his fantasy leagues, and, you know, they're pretty big. And remember that last drop touchdown by the Colts or that last drop pass by the Colts with about 50 seconds to go or 40 seconds? That would have given him a six-figure payout, and it was a drop. Oh, sick to my stomach for him. Sick to my stomach for the Colts who were trying to get it done in the first start for Sam Ellinger. Now they have to go to a place that from week to week, we just don't know how good the Patriots are going to be. But they're laying five and a half, the total of 39 and a half. RJ, the Patriots went on the road last week and got it done against the Jets. Is this number too big, though?
0: Yeah, they didn't look great in getting it done either. You know, they, they controlled that game defensively because the Jets just don't have a passing game at all. But the offense didn't look good by any means. Um, Andy's offense looked solid in Ellinger's debut. If not for the two fumbles that cost them, they had six yards per play. It seems like an offense that can mimic what Chicago did in New England's defense because of Ellinger's mobi- mobility. If they decide to look at the tape there and do some things that Chicago did, I don't think they're going to run for, you know, 300 yards or anything like Derrick Henry. But they should be able to have success running the ball. Um, New England did win last week. The offense was held under 300 yards again I mean I don't know that the offense is very good at all really um Indy's defense is pretty good eighth in yards per play third and rush yards per play getting healthy feels like they can turn this into a rock fight six was too high it came down to five and a half I think it might creep down a little bit more I don't really want to play Ellinger on the road in Foxborough um, but I think that's the way you have to lean
2: I don't either Maestro do you
1: you know I just worry about the Colts' psyche right now. Uh, you know, they made the drastic change. They had a great atmosphere. They should have won that game. The defense played their hearts out, um, you know, and they turned it over to a rookie, and then they can't get it done. They give up that, that uh, you know, jump ball to Terry McLaurin. So I want to play the Colts. I think the Patriots' offense is so limited uh, against a very solid Colts' defense, you know, six or above, I'd, I'd be seriously tempted to jump on Indy, but right now I'm staying off.
2: All right, and as a brand, we don't have anything on this game yet. That total, even though there's a three in front of it, I don't think I'd want to touch that one either. All right, this next one is right in RJ's wheelhouse. Bills, they looked the part against the Packers, but could they cover the 10 and a half? No, they couldn't get it done, which frustrated a lot of people. And how about the worst game plan when you're down 17 in the history of the NFL by the Packers? taking the play clock down to zero every single play down 17. Stop Just stop it. Now, bills are going on the road, RJ, to the Jets, laying 13. The Jets have said it does not matter what happens. Zach Wilson will be the starting quarterback for the entire season. The total of 47 and a half. Talk to me about your bills
0: this is a huge line for divisional game um and i think it's because there's a bills tax in full effect now we saw it with the chiefs a few years ago the the market would tack on three points because they knew everybody would bet would play it you know they were they were not concerned about power ratings or anything the bills are just going to get three points better my power ratings have this line at minus nine i should be running to play the jets here um the jets defense is in elite territory third in yards per play top five versus the pass and the run the defense rendered 20, 225 plus pass yards just once all year 261 to the Cincinnati Bengals but the buffalo offense is good enough to overcome any matchup uh, you know they can they can win by whatever they want to whenever they want to they took their foot off the gas against green bay which is what you have to worry about with this team like they don't need to go and blow teams out so um if if they're up big do they keep their foot on the gas or does a good team with a solid quarterback, get it done and get through the back door. Aaron Rodgers is able to do that. I can't expect that from Zach Wilson. Uh, Buffalo may just need 24 to cover here. I don't know if the Jets score more than 10. Buffalo games haven't topped 48 all year. Can't expect it versus this Jets team. I think there's still 47 and a halfs out there. Best bet is under 47 and a half. Don't see how this is a high scoring game.
2: I think you bring up a good point. There's still the misconception that this is year one or year two or year three for Josh Allen. He's matured. He's now a game manager in addition to being a top flight MVP candidate. He doesn't care about getting to 50 anymore. He cares about winning football games. That's a great point. Hutan says, I love the total, but be very, very careful about what RJ just said. Maestro, let me come to you because the Jets, the Jets may be reaching their wall. They were a nice story for a while, but this may be the start of something that they even they can't overcome.
1: Yeah, they were very fortunate with the QBs. They got to play backups, rookies, you know, and they had a couple of guys, you know, Brees Hall making plays, Corey Davis making plays. And now uh, I have to check Corey Davis, but obviously Brees Hall is out. The O-lineman is out. And Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback under pressure in the National Football League, and it's not really close. And we saw what that Bills D-line can be. It is incredible the way they just keep rolling new guys out there and they really get after the quarterback. Still 13 points on the road in a division game against a top flight defense that R.J. uh, described, you know, makes makes you hesitate right there.
2: It really, really does. Now, next game on the slate. And I'm trying to figure out exactly what the NFL schedule makers were doing to certain teams this year. So the Raiders have to go to New Orleans. Then this week they have to go to, oh, it makes sense, Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville coming back from the London game where they blew it up 10 to the Broncos, and I watched that entire game. I was on the Jags, and I believe Trevor Lawrence has gotten worse and not better. Now, the Raiders, they were my best bet last week. You know how that turned out. They got blanked. The only team that didn't score a point, and they're still laying one on the
0: road, 47-and-a-half.
2: RJ, what am I missing here?
0: Yeah, this is a tough game, I think, to to handicap. Jacksonville unable to close games, but their biggest loss was by eight in Philadelphia. So it's not like they're getting blown out by teams either. They're playing well. That game last week, they just ran up against one of the better defenses in the league. That offense isn't capable of, of taking advantage of good defenses. Um, but they can get things done against mediocre defenses and Raiders. Not that good of a defense. They have a good rush defense, um, though, and the Vegas offense... Completely, you know, fell apart versus Miami last week. They were gone. Now they have to face a top five rush defense in yards per play. So we'll see if that run game is back. That back-to-back road games out east is tough, like you're saying. I assume they're staying out there. I haven't looked into it. but They are. They're staying east. Yeah, yeah, typically the schedule makers do that for those West Coast teams or the Western Division teams that have to play several road games out on east. They'll just put them together and let them stay out east. So that should be good. We've seen in the past that teams can have little team-building exercises and and just um, shut out all the the, uh, distractions and and get together as a team and come out and play strong in that second game. We'll see if a a Josh McDaniels-led team can do that. I don't know. I think this game should be pick 'em though, so maybe a slight lean on Jacksonville, but I think I, I just think you can't really favor either, the, either of these teams with how they played last week.
2: For some reason, I just don't see Josh McDaniels leading the Raiders into Dave and Buster's to have game night on Thursday night. I just don't see Josh McDaniels as that type of a coach. Maestro, this Raiders team, even though as a fan I hate them because I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, but... I really thought they would be better this year. I thought two weeks ago they were going to turn the corner when they blew out the Texans. Apparently they're just a bad team.
1: Well, they played three good games in a row, three straight covers, you know, they played the chiefs very tough. They, they came, you know, they dominated the Texans in the fourth quarter, which doesn't look as good right now. Uh, So, you know, there was a flu bug going around the team last week and everyone said, okay, we'll be fine. But Devontae Adams was a no-show. Hunter Renfro was a no-show. Derek Carr, 101 yards. Um, I don't know. I mean, my temptation is always to play the Jags because the metrics say play the Jags. They, you know, they have top end talent. They're competitive in every game. My, you know, gut is to play the Jags, but I'm going to pause and I may give the Raiders a pass because of the flu bug that went around and because the saints were getting healthy, it was a great spot for the saints, but of course they didn't show up. I mean, there was no effort. There was no energy. They definitely threw in the towel uh, in terms of, you know, trying to win the game late, but this will be a different story. This is, you know, again, it's one of those season saving moments. You know, if they don't win this, you know, McDaniels is in trouble already. I I, I read somewhere, I think he's seven and 22 in his last 29 games as a head coach
2: Maybe you know, certain, coaches are just not made to be head coaches. And he had a shot before, it was terrible and they are 2 and 5. And if they lose this week, they will fall to 2 and 6. Jacksonville meanwhile, they are 2 and 6 already. So, we'll keep that in mind. Now, this next game.
1: Oh, guys, today, coach, can I just say one thing more course. about the Jags? because yep. I, I just you know, the offense was down in the fourth quarter. They drove down for the go-ahead touchdown. So it wasn't like Trevor Lawrence didn't bounce back from his terrible mistake earlier, which did end up costing them game. The offense mounted the drive uh, to give them the lead. And then the defense let the Broncos, of all teams, go 80 yards to lose the game. I mean, they just don't know how to win. You know, they're yep. young Um But uh, there's a lot more to be optimistic than than the Raiders right now, for sure.
2: That I will agree with. Now, a little bit of irony from A.B. in the chat. It's kind of funny. The Falcons traded Calvin Ridley today to the Jags. He's currently suspended for betting only $1,500 when he was hurt, wasn't even on the active squad, for betting on the Falcons to cover the spread against the Jags last season. How is that for a little bit of irony? You don't think he's going to take the league by storm next year, a full year to work out? No games, no hits. Watch out for Calvin Ridley next year. Comeback player of the year, perhaps, because that dude is legit. Now,
0: if that, I shows a, told- that, shows, that shows the smartness, too, back against the Jaguars with Urban Meyer. I mean, that's the kind of smart player I want on my team. <laughs> did they cover? I don't remember that game. I don't remember if they Off-hand. did either. I don't know I mean, if they, they had did either. Have-
2: I, I was watching Fox the other day. I guess I just hadn't watched a lot of them. I did not even realize they had rehired Urban Meyer. I didn't even know that. What are, what are they doing? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. To each his own. Each I another. just
1: love when they put the, the graphic on the screen, the three keys, you know, to success <laughs> from Urban Meyer, you know, character, confidence, yeah. teamwork. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's so great. And he has the sunglasses on. Yeah, You, you do you, Urban. You do you. All right. If I would have told you two months ago that this game would mean absolutely nothing, you would have told me, Coach, you're crazy. Crazy like a fox. The Packers, brutal. Watching them like pulling teeth. They play so slow. Even when they're down 17, it's like they didn't even want to try and win the game. Then when they did try, they scored, threw it all over the place. Why didn't you do that down 17 in the third quarter? Why'd you wait till the fourth quarter? Packers minus three. In Detroit, the Lions punt punted on the team today, too, or on the year today, too, trading away their really good tight end, Hawkinson. So the total sitting at 49. RJ, you like a side in this one. Which one is it?
0: I like Detroit plus three and a half. I like Detroit three and a half when it opened before the Hawkinson trade came down to three really quickly. Larry was congratulating me on getting such a good number. Then they trade Hawkinson. The line goes up to three and a half again. So I guess he's going to take away those congratulations here in a second. (laughs) But, um, you know, I I didn't think that TJ Hawkinson was worth a half a point. He gets like four to five targets a game. I don't think he should be moving the line. They still have enough weapons there in the passing game. They have a good tandem of running backs. Their offense looked back versus Miami. They had two tough defensive matchups before that. Um, So Green Bay D struggles to defend the run where Detroit has been effective. I think they can keep it on the ground here with their running back tandem and do well. If the Green Bay offense is ever going to get back on track, this is the matchup. So we've been counting on where's Green Bay, where's Green Bay. This has to be the matchup. I don't care who's healthy at receiver. This is the the matchup you have to exploit. But the Detroit defensive line may be able to get wins versus a shaky Green Bay offensive line with their pass rush. So that's why I still like Detroit at plus three and a half. I think the Hawkinson trade opened up a window now where you can still get good value on Detroit because love playing them at home when this the line last week from Miami was three and a half and Green Bay is definitely not as good as Miami
2: okay fair fair now Maestro first four games of the year Detroit sailed to the over then they had two duds where they scored a combined six points in two weeks then last week again they go to the over 58 combined points a lot of us when we did our futures episodes in Nashville in August we were high on this Lions team we thought maybe this will be the year They're one and six. And the only thing they've done is cash the over a lot of times. Is this the week that at least they cover the, not win, but cover the spread?
1: Yeah, I do like them to cover the spread. Their offense got back on track. You know, the the second half, they only had three possessions, which is kind of crazy. I mean, they didn't do anything with them. They lost to a very good Dolphins team, barely missed the cover. But RJ's right. How can you make the Packers the same number as the Dolphins, the Packers offense is so limited right now, Um, you know, and they play slow, they run the ball. I don't see how you could lay more than a field goal uh, with green Bay because Jared Goff at home in those conditions, you know, on that track, uh, this offense should be able to score in the twenties. All
2: right. Well, hopefully that's the case because I am fading the green Bay Packers for the rest of time. As long as they have those same players and the same head coach.
0: That's shopify.com slash special
1: offer. All
2: right. Those are all of the one o'clock games on Sunday. There are only, count them, two, two late games on Sunday afternoon one at 405, one at 425. So the first one, RJ, <clears throat> I did a little package. I voiced a little package this week for CBS, Sports HQ, and wherever else they decide to uh, run it. And Geno Smith, do either one of you guys know where he rates as far as getting paid in the nfl
0: it's got to be near the bottom of the uh the qb2 list completely correct
2: 59th highest quarterback paid in the nfl his entire contract 3.5 million there are backups that make more than that in one year and that's what Geno smith makes but he keeps playing like this he will get his payday his team loves him his coach loves him This is the spot for Geno Smith. They're they're playing in Arizona. Cardinals favored by one and a half coming off a bye. Total sitting at 50. RJ, what do you like in this game?
0: Arizona is still overvalued. Hence the quick line move. It was three. It comes down to two Um, power ratings agree. Seattle, that that Seattle should be favored here. This is what I said a few weeks ago when they played and Arizona was favored in, in Seattle. I said, Seattle should be favored in that game and they won. Um, But they weren't uh, really dominant in that game. Arizona just failed in high leverage spots. Can't really guarantee that they're going to keep doing that. Arizona's pass offenses look good with DeAndre Hopkins back and with more in the slot last week, Kyler rushed for hundred yards in that last Seattle game. still going to be tough to defend. Seattle has a tough spot next. They had to Germany um, could be overconfident after that last Arizona game where they dominated them. So even though my power ratings like Seattle, I think this might be the time to play Arizona. Um, so I'm just going to wait and see if it gets down a little bit further. And if we can get to pick them, then I might be on Arizona instead here. I tease this with Seattle because I just don't think they're going to get blown out. Um, so Seattle plus eight with how the line is trending, I think is good. Um, it's really the only, obvious teaser leg, but I, I did find something else that I like to throw in a teaser. So Seattle plus eight. All
2: right. We will get the other half of that teaser on Sunday on our early edge live show. By the way, I may, I mistakenly said the Cardinals coming off a of bye week. Of course they didn't. They, uh, they played Minnesota last week. Uh, Maestro on your side of things, the Cardinals, they've been bad. They did score some, but where do you think they are now that they actually have a number one wideout back? And maybe Kyler Murray and his head coach are on the same page.
1: Yeah, I think this is a cardinal spot. Um, you know, forty-two points the first game. I know there was uh, two pick-sixes, so let's say twenty-eight plus twenty-six in Minnesota. They had a punter, uh, the punt returner muffed the the catch. Otherwise, they probably would have covered against Minnesota. And they closed in Seattle as two and a half point favorites. And now at home is just a quick turnaround divisional revenge game. I think it's a cardinal spot. And and RJ mentioned the trip to Germany coming up next. I know. In terms of trips to London, I've tweeted out this stat before. Teams, the week before they go overseas, a lot of arrangements, a lot of distractions. The The numbers are like 26 and 39 against the spread. So, to me, so far, to be Cardinal, so pass. But I'm just going to keep waiting for the Seahawks money to keep flowing in. Maybe you get this at Pickham.
2: No, yeah, just might. Just might. You just never know. All right, one more game at 4 o'clock. It's at 425 Eastern. And Tom Brady on his podcast this week said – that he talked about his divorce. He said it's amicable, but there's no question that it has worked its way into the field of play. He's distracted mentally. He talked about it. So the Bucks, though, are still very much alive in their division. It's crazy because their division is bad. So they're laying three to the Rams who just got ran at home by the 49ers by 17, total 42 and a half. Larry, let's start with you on this one the Bucs favored by three the way they've been playing
1: yeah that's how bad the Rams look uh but I I'm still gonna be fading the Bucs in terms of them making the playoffs or winning the division the rest of the year they did nothing at the trade line the O-line is still a total mess they just lost Shaq Barrett you know one of their best defensive players and they continue to not be able to run the ball at all like historically bad levels they have a but what is the opposite of innovative? That's what they have in terms of their <laughs> offensive coordinator. So I can't lay a full field goal here. I think RJ probably could. The Rams are in terrible shape as well. Uh, but I'm definitely not jumping back on the Bucks.
2: Okay. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. They're one of the teams like the Packers, like the Rams. I never would have believed that they would have seasons like this. RJ, who's been more disappointing in your mind? Rams, Bucks?
0: Rams just won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, they you kind of always expect the Super Bowl hangover. I think they've been more disappointing. These are the two worst rush offenses in the NFL by yards per play. Both these teams should be passing. But uh, the Rams dealing with the cup injury, lack of reliable weapons behind him. Uh, even if the cup injury is as optimistic as they said, it seems like it's a day-to-day thing and he might play this week. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near 100%. Uh, the Rams offense, 28th in sack rate, major offensive line issues. Tampa Bay's defense, second in sack rate, or Tampa Bay's offense, second in sack rate. Um, Brady's able to get the ball out. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense, fourth in pass yards per play, while Rams defense, 25th in that category, 1.25-yard difference. I think that's the difference in the game. The Bucs will be able to pass it on the Rams. I don't know that the Rams will be able to pass it on the Bucs. Tampa Bay's still in the thick of the NFC South race. I think this might be a, a spot where the Rams are feeling down, luckily not thinking the same about their, their divisional chances after two San Francisco go losses here i have to trust in brady over stafford right now i know he made those excuses i think that if you said it said how is he going to play even dealing with the divorce probably said i'll keep it the furthest thing from my mind you know he expected he's going to play well so now that he's not playing well of course going to work his way in as the excuse there but tampa's the better team to me i think this line should be five so if you want to play to three i'm fine with that I i liked getting the two and a half when i got it on monday
2: and right now the Bucks at three and five are just one game back of the first place Atlanta Falcons. So this is a must win game for them to kind of stay right there. So unlike the Packers, the Bucs are still very much alive in the playoff race. All right. Sunday night football. And this one we've seen it in years past Titans. They've had the chiefs number until the very end of games. The chiefs are laying a robust 12 and a half against a Titans team that's really started to figure out. They're going back to their identity of Derrick Henry just running the ball over 100 yards multiple weeks in a row, total sitting at 46 and a half. Now, be very cl- uh, careful with the total because the Chiefs, RJ, have been a lot like the Bills. They've had some over games, but that's not what's important anymore.
0: And they've also had some games recently where they don't cover off the buy. I know that's the, the narrative that Amy Reid always covers, wins big off the buy. Two and three against the spread in his last five years. Um, Vrabel has pulled out some wins in his last two regular season games against Kansas City, too. This is a tough matchup for the Chiefs. They did get their revenge in one playoffs, obviously. But but um, previously, you know, Tennessee was able to take care of them in the playoffs as well, too. So history between these teams where Vrabel has come out on top over Reid a lot of the time. Kansas City's defense solid versus the pass on a per-play basis, but giving up a 17-5 to five touchdown interception rate on the year so uh, quarterbacks are able to go and get touchdowns and limit their mistakes so if Tannehill plays he may be able to do enough with his arm to cover I, I think he's going to be uh, if he does play very limited with his mobility dealing considering the injury he's dealing with but if it's Malik Willis I mean Chiefs are likely going to win in a route but I, it's hard for me to count out Mike Vrabel on a huge spread so my lean's probably to Tennessee but I, I'm not looking to play it probably
2: Man, I kind of feel the same way. Even as a Chiefs fan, we are not covering spreads. I just want to win games. Maestro at 12 and a half, this spread screams yuck to me.
1: Well, RJ, I fell for the Mike Vrabel as a big underdog trap when they went to Buffalo. That was 38 to six. I mean, look who they've beaten the Colts twice, the Texans, the commanders on a last second interception by Wentz. I mean, this Titans team doing it with mirrors, they're averaging five yards of play and giving up 5.7 yards of play. They, the chiefs are rested. They just put up 44 on the 49ers and Ryan Tannehill. If he plays with a high ankle sprain, like you said, he won't be mobile, which is a big part of his game. Um, and yeah, if it's Willis, they know that the chiefs are, the Titans are going to run every play. I know it's a big number. I played it at 11. I'll still play it now at 12 and a half. Uh, this is, I think the chiefs are up on that level with Buffalo as they showed against the 49ers, a very good defense.
2: Yeah, and they realize, too, they're one game back of the Bills. That really matters now that there are seven playoff teams and only one team gets a bye instead of the uh, two that we had in years past. That one seed matters so much. Can't lose any more games if you're the Chiefs. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football and wrap things up. The Ravens, they are in first place currently at 5-3 and three over the 4-4 four and four, uh, Cincinnati Bengals. They're traveling on the road to a Saints team. But Lane three, and the Saints looked really good last week. They got it done. They went back to Alvin Kamara. He was a beast in that game against the lowly Raiders. The total sitting at 48. RJ, you talked about another nice teaser leg. What is it?
0: Yeah, I don't typically like teasing off the three um, I think you want to get get you know be teasing two and a half so this line is two and a half in a lot of spots it's number ones to be two and a half even where it's three it's plus 100 so I put New Orleans up to nine as the second leg of my teaser their defense finally showed up shut out Vegas Larry said there was some illness issues there um, so maybe it doesn't outweigh the previous three weeks when they gave up 11 touchdowns against Seattle Cincinnati and Arizona combined they have been elite versus tight ends though if you look at like the fantasy points they're line to tight ends it's the lowest in the league and Baltimore's pass offense is going to heavily rely on on tight ends with a bateman out um so it's gonna be mark andrews um dealing with his injury it's gonna be isaiah likely and it's going to be Devin Duvernay is the number one receiver. So I think that New Orleans defense can do pretty well in this game. All five Baltimore wins do feature less than 225 pass yards. So if they can win with the run, they might not even need to pass. Um, the Saints offense continues to be effective, likely going to get healthier at pass catcher. Adam Troutman might be back. Might even get Jarvis Landry back in this game. Who knows about Michael Thomas? It seems like he, his injury was forever ago. I don't, And we should never get an update on him. Um, Baltimore's defense just made a big acquisition in Roquan Smith. Played well, um, start, Play have the defense has played well starting in that Buffalo game. Feels like I do want to be on the Baltimore side just against the spread once it gets to two and a half, but um, I'm just going to think that the Saints are going to keep it close with how they've been playing, and plus nine is, is a lot of points for uh, the Ravens to cover with how they've been playing. Oh, I completely
2: agree there, and it'll be nice too because it'll be Monday night football. So if you guys want to throw it into something where you can hedge a little bit, this might be a spot for you to do that. Now, Maestro, if you you take out the two pick sixes in Arizona, Andy Dalton hasn't looked that bad. I kind of like them to win this game on the field this week.
1: Well, I just love that that uh, RJ brought up Adam Troutman in his handicap because you don't often hear him referenced in many handicaps. But seriously, and I'm going to be down there for this game. I won't be at the game. I'll be at Caesar Sportsbook at Harris Casino, right? I'm assuming it's very close to the stadium. Uh, can't wait to take in the game with all those Saints fans in the sportsbook. But, yeah, I think the Saints are, are right now where I'd lean. I definitely love the teaser. That defense that has been so bad all year, Uh, finally showed up against the Raiders. Uh, you got to still wait on the injuries, uh, for both sides, I think before you can make a, a firm definition, but I'm also, I love the Ravens. I was on them on Thursday night against the bucks. They dominated that game. It was much worse than the score indicated 27, 22. It was not that close after that first drive by the bucks. So right now I'm a little torn, but I do love the teaser that RJ said. I can't, I don't see them getting blown out at home.
2: You're gonna have a lot of fun at Harris. It is actually on the same road as the Superdome, just down like four or five blocks. So it's it's all right there on the same street. So tremendous. And
1: one one more question: How's the poker room there?
2: Kind of small. Kind oh, of small.
1: damn! But okay. they have a couple of tables, so
2: all you'll right. be able to play. You'll find a, you'll be able to find a game. You'll be able to find a game. I'll tell you that. Uh, all right, it is that time of the show. I'll recap. Presented, as always, by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Let's get right into it. Best bets time. RJ, start us off. What do you like this week?
0: I like Detroit plus three and a half. I think that um, they are going to show up against the Packers. I think the Packers are not as good as the Dolphins, who were also three and a half at the Lions last week. So I just think we're getting good value there, even after the Hawkinson trade. I like Bills Jets under 47 and a half. Only one Bills game got to 48 points. It was a 47, 41 to 7 uh, win over the Titans. The Jets just aren't set up to score points. So I, I don't think this game's going to be anywhere near 47 and a half. I have a teaser Seahawks plus eight and the Saints plus nine. I believe that we're getting getting good numbers on both those teams who, who a lot of people are going to like as money line underdogs to win. Um, so I like getting those points.
1: All right, Larry, what do you like? I'm going to take a couple big favorites. I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are going to dominate the worst team in the NFL should be the USFL, according to RJ. And then the Chiefs, I just think the matchup is just so great for them against the Titans team. That is, it's a miracle that they have the record that they have. I mean, Mike Rabel should get coach of the year, first half honors for what he's done with that roster, uh, getting out gained every single week. And then, but my favorite play is the Vikings in the first quarter to jump on the commanders who average 1.6 points in the first quarter. While Kevin O'Connell can script that offense, Uh, adding Hawkinson will certainly not hurt. Uh, Love Minnesota to get off to a lead.
2: And that is our NFL Make a Preview recap presented as always by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. All right. You know, we liked in every one of our shows asking my guys, my crew. Exactly the number one most important thing they're looking forward to this week. Use it for these games or use it into the future. This business is all about knowledge is power. RJ, what are you looking forward to the most?
0: Well, we'll see how these traded players show up and play this week um, You know, with guys, especially you know, the Miami making a big move. We'll see how that affects them. I think what the really kind of underrated thing, and we're going to see a lot because there's only two games in that late window, is the Seattle-Arizona game. Seattle goes out and gets an upset win there. I mean, they're in control of that division right now. Nobody would have thought that at the midway point of the season. So Seattle really has been overperforming and putting their stamp on that division, and a, 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 another win against Arizona would do that even more.
1: Fair enough. Maestro, talk to me. I think a lot of times when we get to the trade deadline and the stars get traded, people think, well, that's the attitude. They're tanking the season, you know, and the lions trading Hawkinson in the division, but the players, the rest of the players don't feel that way. We saw it with the Panthers, you know, McCaffrey was gone. Robbie Anderson was gone. And then they dominate Tampa Bay when Tampa Bay was laying 13 points. So I think the lions are a team that shows up. I don't think there's any quit in the rest of the guys who are there. And I think that's something to look for when the, with these bottom feeders that traded key guys away.
2: Yeah, who's going to play hard? Who's going to be the Panthers of the second half when their GM stood up and said, we still plan on winning? In the last two weeks, they played hard. They have played really, really hard. All right, another great hour. Whether you watch this live or whether you watch it on demand, I encourage you all to watch it. The knowledge you get here is second to none, and it's important if you're an NFL better. So with that being said, there's only one thing left to do, and I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these mega preview tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. The stoic one, Maestro. I am the coach, Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. We're here every single week at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. I encourage you to turn on your notifications so you don't miss one single second of our content here at the Early Edge. Good luck.